cave without it. I'll be there with the hammers of justice. You make me a mistake, I will fucking kill you. It's not who I am underneath, but what I do. God, now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Let's dance, bozo. Hello, and welcome to Gotham City Limits, your premier place for all things Batman. He is vengeance. He is the knight. I'm M, forgetting my lines. And that's Autumn. <laughs> Hi. Hi. I'm I'm sick, so try not to let it show in the podcast. I'm a professional, but uh, I'm not feeling uh, great about recording today. You're sick. It's snowing. The episode of Batman was mid. And we're wearing sunglasses. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did you hang out with Batman at all? Fuck no. Uh, That Peacemaker show came out. I want to watch it, but I I got on a different show instead. Um, I'm like, I'm trying, I'm watching Euphoria. I don't know where I'm going to talk about it, so I guess we'll just mention it here. Uh, and so when I'm loading up HBO Max, I'm like, oh, I could watch John Cena be a sociopath, or I could just watch this show. Uh, and so I keep watching the other show instead. But I, I intend to watch Peacemaker. Um, I have fallen, um, deep into a Hades hole where anytime I have free time, I think to myself, I'm like, that's not what happened to you. Don't lie. You watched like two and a half Marvel movies in the past week. (laughs) That's also true. You betrayed us. <laughs> to be fair, they're they're I only wife's liked fault. One their of wife's them. fault. It's wife's fault. I know this. <laughs> I know this because last time I talked to her, she was like, "I'm going to go watch Eternals now." I delayed that by a whole hour. You would have missed Eternals if we hadn't done Voip Life. <laughs> yeah, if you hadn't done Voip Life, I would have come in in the last five minutes instead of the last ninety minutes of Eternals. Yeah. So, which then meant. That I sat there asking, what's going on? Why is this happening? And Nora tried to explain it to me, and it didn't make any fucking sense. But I bet even if you watched the movie, it wouldn't make that much sense. <laughs> but no, no, uh, Batman. I, um, I've been busy with uh, other podcast work. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a book, though. Yeah? I read The Tombs of Adawan. Atawan? I don't know how hard I'm a I'm a Westerner. I eat my teas, so it's Atawan. I so Rob Inglis, who is not a Midwesterner, also uh, says Atawan, uh, which is <laughs> which is how them, I'm in. Which is definitely the wrong way to say it. <laughs> um, I never really noticed that I eat my teas like that until like two or three months ago, and now it's like the number one thing I hear every time I speak. It's so, specifically water is the one I hit really like Midwestern, but mm-hmm. um, doing this job for a decade, I feel like I'm aware of most of my Midwestern tics more than most people are. It's, it's, mm-hmm. You know, you edit yourself and you listen to yourself talk and you get over cringing at your own voice uh, early, but you always sound, you always are like, oh, right. Yeah, I really do just uh, stammer a lot and say fuck instead of um, that's my life. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get over it. At you. <laughs> It's the t- it's the T into a U sound that just fucks me up. Yeah, Atuan. <laughs> I assume it's Atuan. 
Two yeah, something Atom. like that. Anyway, um, how'd you like it? That's one of my favorite books. It, so I read Wizard of Earthsea, and I was like, what's this dumb shit? We, re- we, watched, we watched that movie for Aeroplane, <laughs> and I was like, I gotta know why he kills his dad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which, after reading two of these books, I only have more questions about why the movie <laughs> Wizard of Earthsea is, or Tales from Earthsea is like that. Because that movie makes no fucking sense. <laughs> no. Not one lick of sense. They split... They split him into two characters, and and then the one movie, mm-hmm. one version of him killed his dad, and the other person is the man he's going to be, like giving him instructions. It's yeah. like the world's weirdest shit post. Yeah, I don't know why that movie is like that. Um. Anyway, I was I was delighted by the first book, uh, despite being an avowed fantasy disliker. Um, fell off of uh, the Brando Sando everybody likes. Uh. I didn't. I didn't hate it. It's just not to my taste at all. It's like it's faffing about. Nothing's happening. Oh, they're not wearing gloves. Oh, scandalized. Whatever. Um, <laughs> she's gonna convince this lady to train her eventually, but she's gonna spend six hundred pages getting there. Jesus Christ! You know stuff like that. Um, I eat that shit up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wizard Rissy, breezy book, read it in like two sittings. Just fucking goes. It's just yeah. about how everything feels like the end of the world when you're a child and you think you know everything and you just you have to learn the hard lessons there's no way around it other than surviving it um Mm -hmm. and it was really poignant and good um and then i was like okay i'm gonna read this next one and they referenced briefly like oh eventually sparrowhawk would go and solve the mystery of the tombs of atawan in the future uh in uh wizardisty and i was like i'm gonna get to this one it's probably gonna be bullshit now there's a sequel now it's gonna like be bad they're gonna she's just gonna forget how to write a book <laughs> um i go with this with a chip on the shoulder because people lo- convinced me for years to read left hand uh-huh. of darkness and terrible i didn't book. didn't like it very much yeah i wouldn't say terrible <laughs> book but it, it's just the content of the book cannot carry uh the the reputation the book has as like this is this is the sci-fi book that's like about gender but good in a modern yeah. context i just yeah. i just live a different life than the, the, the you know if i had found that book at 15 i probably would love it but i didn't i found it at like 33 and i didn't like right. it very much um, right uh, but no so so i went to this i'm like ah this one's gonna be like i i think autumn liked this one but i've heard there's one that people don't like maybe it's this one i don't know i'll just read it um and mm. loved it i thought it was really good i um I was kind of rolling my eyes. It was like the same thing again. Now we're going to follow another person's life as they grow up in like segments as they get trained for the first half of the book. Um, cause I think it's a little precious about that sometimes, but I think so too. Um, when Sparrowhawk just bursts in, like invades the like quiet, like terrible stillness of this plot mm-hmm. that we've presented, mm-hmm. it feels monumental. And that it's like yes. so special. You have to waste half a book to get there to make that work. <laughs> and it's fine that they waste half a book because the book is still like 250 pages. Yeah, I, I literally read it in a day. Like it was like yeah. the breeziest fucking read in the world. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I really enjoyed the way that like, I really enjoyed that first part of the book. That's all about like the ways that like womanhood is constructed in young women. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, when Sparrowhawk shows up and it's a different book now, that fucking rules. <laughs> yeah. Um, I simply love it when um, she's like, she's going through the realization that many fantasy protagonists might, where she's like, oh, we're the, we're the nameless ones not real after all. And, and Sparrowhawk's like, no, they're real. And it's taking everything I have to not let them kill us. So 
Yes. Um, it's so good about like letting magic be like real and potent, mm-hmm. but still like extremely unknowable. Like I, yes. I understand the mechanics of how magic works in that because I read the first book about like learning the names of things and whatever. But it still feels other like in a way that like yes. is just you don't need it explained you wouldn't like the the bubble has not burst on the majesty of that thing um yeah. and that's like a delicate balance um it's yeah. really cool it, it's i don't know how she pulls that off because like i think um in most other books that like kind of like quote unquote don't explain it in the way that this book does i just mm. feel like myself scratching of like I would want, I either want to know more or know less about the magic. I feel like, yeah, she like hits the right balance of like not telling you much, but telling you enough that it's like interesting and, you know, layered and like enough that there can be metaphors without having to like, you know, over explain it in the way that Sanderson might. (laughs) Yes. I had the terrible, terrible thought as I was reading it, that mm-hmm. Sparrowhawk is essentially the inverse of the long-running Defense Against the Dark Arts jokes in Harry Potter. <laughs> um, I, this is also, I was a little bummed out that I wasn't able to be on the um, um, bag, bag end, end where they were yeah. fish- first introduce the Ents, because mm-hmm. when you first meet Treebeard, I'm like, oh, there's a whole species of Sparrowhawks. There's just, like, a whole, like, load of these dudes. <laughs> They're oh. all trees. It fucking rules. That's, yeah, I didn't really consider that, but you're not wrong, yeah. <laughs> um, I particularly like the uh, last bits of, I guess, spoilers for the tombs of Atuan. Um, mm-hmm. After they escape and the, the, the mm-hmm. you know, the tombs fall in and she's like going through these various stages of like grief and denial and bargaining with, and he just like calmly like walks her through it and lets her make her own choices. And yes. when, it, when it turns out that going and being in a palace is probably not actually tenable, she's not in a state where that would be work. He like finds another way for her, convinces mm-hmm. her to do it. It's just like, there's just such a gentleness to like treating this thing that happened to this character as like genuinely traumatic and is going to take time to work through that is good. Mm. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I just, um, I had a, you know, such a similar experience where I was told Left Hand of Bar- Darkness is this great book and I hated it. Um, and so yeah, like coming to At- or Tombs of Atuan, I was like, oh, okay. Other than that one miss, like, Le Guin is, like, one of my favorite authors. Like, I just think that, like, the stuff that she does in that book is, like, really great. And once again, like, she does all of it in, like, 250 pages. She doesn't, like, you know, um, not just Sanderson or Tolkien. Many fantasy authors like wasting my time um, in a way that Le Guin just does not. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are the rest of them? I noticed that um, big jump in time between Farther Shore and Tahanu, and I'm like, ooh. So farthest shore, um, I don't care for. I think it ends really strong, but like the first, I, I, I don't care for farthest shore. I think that's the book that's going to come closest to explaining to you why that guy kills his dad, but it still doesn't explain it. So okay. Um. Uh, and then I really like um, Tahanu. I think Tahanu, like, she comes back to it because she has something to say. Um. Uh, I I think Tahanu is Tahanu might be my second favorite of the uh, Earthsea books, and then there's a short story collection that's good, and then there's one more that I have not read still. Oh, so. the other wind. The other wind. Yes, thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. 
So I have not I have not touched that. Um, oh, I have a quick Le Guin story that I'll tell you. I think I told Nia this, but I haven't told you. Um, so Le Guin has a um, translation or interpretation of the Tao Te Ching. Um, yeah. And I picked that up on Audible recently um, and had to get it returned because um, it's Le Guin reading it when she's like 70 plus years old. So she's very like quiet in the way that like, Older people can just like, you know, you start to lose your voice and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then there is some white guy named Todd playing like a Chinese flute very loudly through the entire <laughs> book. <laughs> oh, this is how it is. This, you just, if you're in the space and you're like, I'm interested in these things, you got to navigate a lot of corny shit from white folks. <laughs> well, yeah, because like, you know, um, every now and then, because I've known because I've known you for long enough, and because I know Nia, like I'm like, oh, I should like pick up a book about like du- Buddhism or Taoism at some point and like learn a thing or two. Um, and yeah, this is like my first real attempt at that, and I was met with white guy playing flute very badly. <laughs> oh, I love so. it. I love it. This is the authentic experience. I might be I might be interested in reading her version of that. I will just read it like a book because uh, yeah. I don't I'm not going to suffer an audiobook like this. No, no, it's a very it's a very short thing. So I will probably like just get myself to read it, even though I do everything in audio. Oh yeah, no, so. I've definitely read the Tao Te Ching. It's been since I was uh, probably early twenties last time I checked that out. Mm-hmm. But um, should uh, I eat that shit up? I don't know why I'm not like a comparative religions weirdo all the time, but I feel like there's a different <laughs> version of me that is. Yeah, no, I can definitely like see like the, you know, the fork in the road in my life where I became a comparative religions weirdo, but um, we're not there. So yet there are so yet. many different autumns to be. <laughs> there's <laughs> there's so much time to become a comparative religions weirdo. There's so much time. <laughs> to become a comparative religions weirdo. So we should talk Boo. about our episode this week, which is Boo. The Clock King, the 25th episode of Batman the Animated Series. This was uh, written by David Wise, directed by Kevin Altieri. This was animated by Sunrise. This came out September 21st, 1992. We're going to hit on one that's like near my seventh birthday at some point, because I am six right now <laughs> when these are airing. <laughs> um, are you alive? You're not even alive, right? No. No. What, were you born 95? 96. God, holy shit. It should be illegal. And you know why they let people like you online. <laughs> Autumn, what happens in this episode? Uh, okay. So we are introduced to a man named Temple Fugit who is like very what particular. Is, uh, why, why would he be named that? Why would they name someone like that? That's a weird name. <laughs> I figured there's a pun here that I didn't quite like. Oh, Get? it's it's like a it's like a degradation of Tempest Fugit, which is time flies. Oh, okay, yeah, there we go. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so we are introduced to a man named Temple Fugit, who's like very exacting about like the train is two minutes late, and I you know I always take my coffee at three o'clock on the dot, etc. And he meets uh, on the train future Mayor Hill, who tells him. Hey, why don't you like take your coffee break at three fifteen today and just like lighten up a little? Temple does this, and um, subsequently, because of this, loses a lawsuit and loses ten million dollars or something. 
we get a um, seven years later, like, time card, and we open on, like, Bruce Wayne and Mayor Hill on their way to a re-election campaign when, like, all the traffic lights in Gotham go out and start acting crazy, and Temple starts terrorizing the city with, like, various time-themed, like, mayhem, I guess. Um... Uh, Batman is a. I was. I was. I watched this episode last week. I'll be because we didn't yeah. record last week. But I was like, wait a second. Bruce Wayne was working for the election campaign. He is not. They just happened to be in limousines and behind, like in traffic together. <laughs> yeah. I want to be yeah. very clear about this. Yeah. So I'm like, what the fuck is Bruce Wayne doing running at Mayor Hill, like a part of Mayor Hill's re-election campaign? Um. So, um, Batman is able to track down Temple Fugit because for some reason. Temple is using Rolexes to, um, like, time C4 bombs to or something. It's stupid. It's a stupid idea. Those things are expensive. (laughs) Um, But he is able to, like, he's pursuing um, Temple and, like, ends up at uh, the bank where, like, someone has turned off all the time uh, locks on the bank. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> Batman goes into the bank vault and um, discovers that Temple was not robbing the bank after all, and he has um, <laughs> an elaborate plan to, over the course of 15 minutes, remove all the oxygen from the bank vault, slowly suffocating Batman. Um, and Batman, like... The, the the thing that is removing all the oxygen is also a bomb. And so Batman, like, moves the... <laughs> this is so dumb. <laughs> moves the bomb to, to the safe door by way of, like, a cassette tape, like clothesline thing that he fashions stands behind a bunch of pillows he found in the bank vault and blows out the door to the bank vault right before time's up and he goes to track down Temple last sentence Temple is at a uh, big clock tower and he's planning to kill uh, Mayor Hill at 315 exactly because Mayor Hill ruined his life but Mayor Hill's like I don't know who you are my guy um, and Batman shows up to stop him and they do a big homage to Castle of Cagliostro, uh, and Batman saves the day, but Clock King gets away and, um, Batman's like, it's only a matter of time before he returns. So, uh, this episode is dumb. <laughs> I remember thinking this episode was cool and I don't really know why. <laughs> other than, <laughs> other than like... Other than, like, I think the the idea of the Clock King of just, like, a really, like, fussy, efficient guy who wreaks havoc. He's like the Riddler, but not like a cornball, right? Like, it's kind mm-hmm. of the same thing. Like, we haven't mm-hmm. really... We, they they spend a long time building up to the Riddler in this show, because we have not seen the fucking Riddler yet. And that's weird no. to me. Because um, I think it was, like, one of the major Batman villains. But, um, yeah. Um, uh, it ends up kind of doing the same thing. But, like, it it just doesn't work. One, Mayor Hill is just Michael Scott. He's just like the world's <laughs> dumbest man. 
There's nothing. There's nothing to recommend him. He's not like. He's not like good at anything. He's not corrupt. He's not like Thorn. If Thorn was in charge of Gotham City, I'd understand. Like, oh, you got a corrupt mayor. Hill's just kind of like naively blasé, just going about his life. All the crime, like, probably supports him or whatever. But he's not aware of it. Actually, he's just a dumbass. Um. And, and just coasting by, but nobody seems to be willing to stop him. Like, they, they should just let him die. Just let him fucking die. If Batman <laughs> wanted to do good, he would, he doesn't have to, he's not going to kill you, but he doesn't have to save you. That's the thing Batman famously says, not in this show, but a Batman says that. Yeah. Um, yeah. and he should do that in this moment. Just let the Mayor Hill get squashed by the hands of a giant clock and call it a day. He's not even supposed to be out. It's 3.15 in the afternoon. Batman only comes out at night. <laughs> This is a job for Superman. Let him figure it out. <laughs> um, th- this almost feels like Batman sixty six to me in a way. Um, and I it would be it would be it would be more fun if it was Batman sixty six. Yes, yes, that's the thing is it would be a lot more fun because it's got like you know a lot of a lot of like you know. Oh, you're right on time for my trap, Batman. Sort of puns, and yeah. the Clock King is like a very goofy gimmick, um, and like none of this matters. No, <laughs> so... it's weird because like uh, like the things I like about this will just be done better when they bring the Riddler in, um, mm-hmm. and they don't even have the like. This guy could be like a cool if they played up the noir angle a little more, and it was less about making a giant pulley contraption to escape a vault. Um, it could be like a cool like Twilight Zone like. The, you know, the missed opportunities coming back to haunt Mayor Hill or whatever. But the, this is just a guy who d- d- is like good at schedules and does crime. Like, it's not mm-hmm. interesting, right? Like, also, there should be the- something otherworldly about the part where he just knows the time of everything. Uh, that could be cool. They don't use it that way. The way that he's like, oh, I've watched a bunch of news footage of you, so I know it takes one twentieth of a second for you to throw a punch is just dumb yes. and doesn't. No. It's like not fun dumb it's just no, like the one, why can't batman just clean this guy's clock the one part where this works is where he says the 9 15 train is always six months early and jumps onto the train that that's part good. is like that's the cool part that's like this whole character what he should be in a single thing yes, yes. but instead that he's was the moment... fucking sword fighting the batman you're like no come on no. this is a lawyer he sucks he's a... <laughs> yeah i'm just like batman should be able to take this guy out in one punch this should not be a big castle of caliostro like thing we're gonna see batman fight a ninja on the side of volcano he's gonna fight fucking ra's al ghul shirtless in the desert it's gonna be sick as hell he should not be like losing to this guy (laughs) yeah he should not be ending the episode on like oh man that clock king guy is gonna come back no he should be like no i got him next time don't worry about it (laughs) he got away it's fine yes um the Cagliostro bit's really funny because it's just they they just don't have the budget to make this work no, at all. No, like you got Sunrise, you got the right people, but like you got to give them time and money if you want Cagliostro. Yeah, that was the thing. Is I remember like when we were pulling this up, I was like, oh right, this is the one that has the big Cagliostro homage, and I don't, I hadn't seen Cagliostro the last time I saw this episode, so I was like kind of looking forward to it. I was like, oh, I wonder if it lives up. It does not. It's, it's just not. Fine. Yeah, it's fine. Um, Batman's ludicrous escape is from a different, much worse show. But if they'd lean it a little more, that is the part that is the most Batman 66. Like, oh, I'm going to get my Batman shark repellent. But like, there's no whimsy about it, right? Like he just creates, he just creates the most like 
high school science experiment, like engineering class is like science experiment where it's like, Mm -hmm. can you drop this egg off of this building using 74 straws and it not break? That's what Batman has to do to escape this fucking bank vault. It's not cool MacGyver (laughs) shit. He doesn't like it. It's not like we get to learn something about like how he thinks of the world. He just constructs a weird pulley system out of a tape. (laughs) Also, he found a bunch of pillows for no reason. No reason. I, what I thought this was going to be for a second was that like Bruce Wayne just has a safety deposit box in every, um, like bank vault in all of yes. Gotham where he can just like, Oh yeah, I've got my get out of a bank vault, <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, that's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. Um, where's this like welding torch that can cut through bank vaults. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah. Batman just seems kind of like a chump in this episode, like throughout, even when he's doing like the, like even when he is succeeding, it just makes him less cool. There's nothing cool about Batman here. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. Um, trying to think if I had anything else about this. Um, I, don't, I don't think I do, unfortunately. I yeah. Some sometimes this is just a dumb cartoon for kids, and that's fine. You yeah. Know. yeah. I I got a couple big laughs out of this episode, but I didn't think it was very good. So. I like the part where his uh, glasses make him his, his eyes look like uh, clock hands. I think that's pretty good. I thought that was very cute. Yeah. Um. Also, uh, in the in the big like, you know, scene where the guy is like, "Oh, you lost twenty million dollars because you were late to court." Um, they like zoom into his like Clock King's mouth. That made yes. me laugh a lot. <laughs> I don't. I don't. This is not how court works. You could just no. ask for an extension, whatever. Um, yeah. it's very goofy. Everything about this show, the thing that I'm most impressed on, like, as we've gone through the show is that it's written by people, or maybe it's just like the culture who just didn't research how anything worked. You just have like this very, like, like, I'm mm. just going to assume this is how it works. Like, it's like, it's like, it's not even like how it is on TV. It's like three. It's like when you make a copy of a copy, you just take like a stock yeah. plot, like run it through four times. And that's how yeah. the courts work in Batman. That's how finance works in Batman. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's like this weird, bizarre dream logic. It, it's how you think the world works if you've only read TV tropes pages. Yeah. <laughs> but like um. referencing the 1940s inexplicably. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, yeah. Another. And like we've talked about this all the time, how this is like a weird mix of the 90s and the 40s. When mm-hmm. Clock King pulls out a laptop on the train, it blew my <laughs> damn mind. <laughs> I was like, how did you get that? Yeah. Um, there are you, people got computers. Batman's got a huge fucking like gamer wraparound monitor. Yeah. <laughs> the 21.9, you know, bat computer. Yeah. He's playing Minecraft on it. <laughs> I I could absolutely imagine um uh Damien installing Minecraft on the back computer and Bruce losing his shit. <laughs> That's a there's a bit in that in um that Wayne Family Adventures where he's like, Can I can I play a game on the back computer? And Bruce's like, No. <laughs> I think I'm like two or three weeks behind on that. I should catch up on that today. I'm very behind on that. I think I might be further behind on that than that, but yeah, um, it's good. Uh, nothing about this episode. Let's done. Let's be done. Let's close it yep. up. Yep. Next week, we are going to be talking about appointment in Crime Alley. Oh, is this a Joe Chill episode? What is this? No, this is a Leslie Tompkins episode. 
Well, I don't think we've seen this up in the show yet, have we? No. Yeah. Appointment in Crime Alley. Oh, whatever. I'll I'll learn what it is next time. I do not remember this one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I saw the title card and I remembered. Uh, there you go. It's more about dead parents and Daggett and yeah, Leslie Tompkins. Who um, might be the most evil character in Batman. Once, like the one when I read the comics, I'm like, man, fuck this lady. She's like so evil. Because <laughs> um, I read Nightfall and she's like, oh, she's the worst in that. Holy oh. shit. Oh, right. She's the lady in Nightfall. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah. She's evil. <laughs> yes. But as, as like, she's not meant to be, she's evil in that, but that's like one of the defining big Batman events I've read with her in it. So I just think of her as evil. Um, we'll get there. We'll talk about it next week. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyway, that's it. Thank you so much. Um, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter at X. Nope. Fucked it up. People can find me on Twitter <laughs> at autumnal <laughs> underscore coffee. They can find all the podcasts at exportodd.io, where hopefully the redirects will work for you. Um, and you can it's also give us. Time. Yeah, we got to do it. Um, you can go to uh, the Patreon and give us a dollar a month to get this podcast early, to get stairwells early, to get hot singles early, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and you can give us $5 to, um, listen to Nora and I talk about Funko Pops and, um, the media that inspires Funko Pops. We are going to be watching a season 11 episode of Supernatural, a show that neither of us have ever seen. So, you know, I would suggest you didn't actually, I don't think you do this. You haven't done this yet is after you watch the media, you should review the Funko Pop and like how good it represents the the thing. Cause that you don't actually talk about the Funko Pops at all. It's just like a random number generator, basically. Yeah, we need we need a Funko related segment because I think people would be forgiven for th- for forgetting that it's a Funko podcast. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. I um, miss reviewing Funkos, which is a thing. <laughs> uh, on that other podcast, Nora did. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's dead. That's One a, of the ones it's dead. <laughs> that's a name I've not heard in a long time. <laughs> uh, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being, where I mostly just tweet calls for questions and movies I'm watching, but I'm doing my best. Um, yeah. You can find all of my podcasts at neuralmapping.com. There's a bunch of them. Listen to Reptile Screenings. That's the one I want everyone to listen to. No one does. Um, we're going to watch Hero. Um, I mean, we the Hero episode will be out, uh, and I've already watched Hero, one of the coolest movies ever made. It's great. I, it's I so before, good. But it's, it's still good. Um, I like it more now, I'll be honest, than I did when I was uh, 18. <laughs> Hell yeah. Unsurprisingly. Um, <laughs> this podcast, of course, you can find exportodd.io slash Batman. Again, assuming all the, the things work. Um, you can get this episode a week early uh, by subscribing to Patreon. You should do that. That's my recommendation. I do. You should, too. Um, I'm not only a customer. I'm the president. Isn't that the thing? <laughs> the hair club for men thing? From I the think 90s? so. Yeah, I don't know. Um <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know share the free feed with your friends tell them about good episodes not this one maybe not this one don't share this one but uh the other share this with your uh friends who like ursula k Le Guin content i guess yeah sure <laughs> um and then be like shut it off when they start talking about batman it sucks then um <laughs> and you know i'm hell who knows i might have covid i could be dead by the next time we record you don't know who knows and who knows 
Um, I'll find out. Maybe I'll find out by the next time we record. Testing's so fucked. Oh, my we, God. It's so bad. I mean, Nora and I got tested at one of those places that I think is just giving out fake tests so, and stealing oh, your really? identity. Oh, really? God. Yeah. Did you see this? Like, there was a news. Yeah, thing going I've seen around. that. Yeah, no, I'm going to I'm going to a CVS pharmacy, but I'm getting a PCR test on Tuesday. It's Friday right now. The yeah. earliest I could schedule it yesterday was Tuesday, which means I might get results by Friday, unless they're really backed up. In which case, it'll be even longer. By then, I'll be over whatever the fuck this thing is. Yeah. Um, well, um, if this is the last episode of Gotham City Limits, thank you, everybody. Um, yeah. Look forward to me launching a. Probably not a Batman podcast. Uh, me and Jackson will do a Spider-Man podcast. That's what. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I I just about asked you, and this is me, the height of hubris. What city is Spider-Man from? <laughs> like an idiot. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't do Marvel. Look, make my DC. That's the famous line. Uh, until next time. Batman. Batman.